from Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Anyone for Bacon podcast. As always, joined by Paul. And um, yesterday, well, let's talk about yesterday. In midweek, we we tried to round up the Leeds game as best we could. We ended up uh, venting for 20 minutes about how shit Steve Bruce was. And if you're looking for something slightly different today, I'd advise to um, go into a different tune or go into a different station because... It's going to be venting about Steve Bruce <laughs> yet again because this manager, Paul, I'm not. I, I'm not going to exaggerate. I've never hated a manager more than I've hated Steve Bruce. Honestly, the the football is absolutely shocking. And like I know, there's this fit. There's this like almost a voodoo of Newcastle have to play attacking football because Kevin Keegan did it. But it's such it's such horseshit because you look at what Rafa did. Rafa was defensive. He had an idea. He had a plan, and people were behind him. But people can't. Un- but these pundits can't understand why um, Steve Bruce plays a similar way, according to them, and gets and he doesn't get the same like kind of love and um, stuff like that. But you look at last night, Paul, from back to front, just a total and utter embarrassment again. Yeah. Absolute mate, and uh, yeah, hope everybody's doing okay. Uh, yeah, an absolute clusterfuck from start to finish. Yet a fucking again, a clusterfuck uh, occurred on the TV to the point where I was sitting there, and you almost were tempted to, to bloody stick uh, strictly come dancing on. It was that bad. It was awful. It was terrible. You've got pundits telling us left, right, and centre what we should think, what we should do, this, that, and the other, telling us what we believe. You know, nobody is naive enough to expect that we're going to be the entertainers or or anything near to that, or even Bobby Robson's team or his decade, his, you know, his mannership, his stewardship. Nobody is dense and stupid enough to actually think, expect or anything on those. But what we want is somebody who doesn't turn on, on the fans, who, who doesn't insult, you know, insult our intelligence. And it's somebody who actually, we can see, gets it. And I've talked about this before. It doesn't matter where you come from, mate, in the, in, in the country. You could have been born on the steps of St. James's Park. If you're not qualified, you're not qualified. You know? <laughs> Yesterday, especially at the first half, I was just so, so angry. Afterwards, I was just a bit meh and a bit low and a bit, oh, when will this cycle of shit ever end but uh, no I've had me absolute fill over the last um, you know the last hours of pundits telling me what to think telling me what to expect telling me what to say that is acceptable and not acceptable and which players are good and aren't good I can see with my own two eyes I can you know take it in I've seen all sorts mate but he is literally doing my head in with this shit that he's coming out with just like yourself you know, you yeah. talk about some of the worst Newcastle managers we have, and Bruce has to be in, in the reckoning for that. It wasn't the, you know, look look at the likes of Pardew. I'd prefer Pardew's excuse bingo than Bruce's fucking bollocks any day of the week. 
the football was better. You know, Pardew, I'm not Pardew's greatest fan. You look even at like a Joe Kinnear. He, he looks a bit like Joe Kinnear. That's probably the nearest one that you're going to get because the two dinosaurs out of their generation, out of their comfort zone, pretending like they're knowing what they're on about. And I know the circumstances around at the moment, mate, but it's just a rinse and repeat and it's a cycle of negativity. And I think the only way it's going to be done is if Steve Ball grows, Steve Bruce grows a pair of balls and walks, or if Lee Charnley takes these balls out of his wife's purse, reinserts them and fires him. You know, it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and fucking repeat. And and, it's awful. Awful, and then you've got these pundits like like Robbie Savage and stuff like that, and um, they're seeing seconds worth of games or maybe the odd few minutes here and there, and they're making and casting aspersions. We're the ones who have to sit through it, who are emotionally connected to what is happening on there. You, they've got no idea. These are washed-up, bang-average football players who think that, that by being a, a tad bit controversial that they'll make themselves some sort of super pundits. Nah. It comes nah. to something, mate, when Robbie Savage is a worse pundit than he was a footballer, because, my God, he was flipping shit as a footballer. Yeah. Just a hatchet job with uh, with his shit blonde hair and his shit tackling and his shit ability on a football. Neither one day played... Neither one day defend Steve Bruce, because Steve Bruce basically gave me his career at Birmingham. Shocking. Paul, he is a uh, Robbie Savage, shite, shite footballer, and even more a shite uh, pundit. And Chris Sutton as well. My God, he's he needs to get his head his heads in the clouds. Him, uh, yeah, he goes on about um, Newcastle expecting yeah. too much. Yet Celtic got second in the in the table, and he's hounding Neil Lennon out the door. Talk about irony, flipping arsehole. He is. He's yeah. a utter wanker, Paul. And this this manager, honestly, um, like I said before, I've never hated a manager more, but it's it's like you says, Lee Charlie needs to grow a set of balls, either that or Steve Bruce needs to realise the situation because he says, I'm a Geordie, I love the club, I, I grew up supporting Newcastle, my mum and dad support them. It's a load of bullshit. If you had any self-respect as a Geordie, you would never have ever signed a contract to be Sunderland manager. If you had any self-respect as a manager, you would have never took the job on, knowing what was going to happen. Um, he turned the he turned the job down in two thousand and four out of pure arrogance. How well he was doing at Birmingham because it was going good then but he knew he was a manager on his way out at Sheffield Wednesday it was never going to get any better and he and Lee Charney comes in with the offer for Steve Bruce or my final the only daft bastard who would mate the only daft bastard who would come out with any offer what's he done mate what has he done in his managerial career that warrants him to have a a crack at the Newcastle United manager's job nothing doesn't deserve no I mean and and I mean, if he was a foreign manager, it would have been hounded out. If this had happened at any other club, I mean, look at Watford today, four months in charge for the for the bloke down there. Gone. Got rid. Cutthroat. Not good enough. Not having it. But Newcastle, the ownership, and, you know, we're looking at Lee Charnley as the person with the hand on the rudder, has no levels of expectations. He has no uh, standards, no, no, no nothing. He hasn't got a clue, and he just sleepwalks into disaster after disaster. And, and it's akin to sitting at the front of the Titanic and seeing an iceberg and doing nothing at all to avoid it. And, and you know, 
we've been here a million times, um, a million times before. And it's just so frustrating because there's nothing from the club to them and to Charnley and to Ashley. They're looking at the, the, the position in the table. But that can change ever so quickly. And I've seen this quoted time and time again. Oh, we're all right in the league. We're at 18 points. That's the best since, you know, Pardew, I think, was Pardew, here. Or blah, yeah. blah, blah. It, it's not as simple as that. You can't look after 18 games got this many points because, well, what fixtures did, did we play before? What percentage of the big teams have we played? Oh, it's the brand of football. Were we scoring goals? Were we keeping clean sheets? There's so many different variables. What you've got to look at is the style of play, the, the, the plan. You know, we are a lucky team. We ride by the seat of our pants so many times and it was again yeah. yesterday. We didn't deserve a point, mate. And no. the only reason that we are no. in this position, if you'd like, there's one difference between the likes of us and the West Brom or a Sheffield United, and that's the lad up top. Callum Wilson is the difference between us and the likes of West Brom and Sheffield United. He is a goal scorer. He can score a goal, and you can get yourself a point here and there, the odd three points. But not one game this season, mate, have we been the better team. Have we bossed any sort of real stats like XG? You look at um, you know possession. You look at shots, goals, clean sheets. You know, dealing with crosses, um, chances created, interceptions. No matter what, we are behind on every single thing. And Newcastle fans can see the iceberg that's dead ahead. If it wasn't for cannon fodder, we would be down at the root of the table. And and to be fair, as Newcastle fans, we wouldn't have any reason to to, to complain. I am not expecting entertaining Kevin Keegan style football. But come on, mate. The, the XG, for example, yesterday when we, the, when they went down to ten men, it was inept. It didn't look as if we were playing against ten men. Where were the the chances being created? Where was the urgency Warning. apart from the, the last one or two minutes? All of the warning signs. If you're watching that, and there's not warning signs going off in your head, then you're tapped. Yeah, you're tapped. I and mean, I'm shitting myself for Brentford. Shitting myself. I am as well, and you you spoke about cannon fodder there, and I don't even think that's the difference, mate. I don't even think it's because teams are worse somewhere because we've played the three promoted sides in the last three games. We're bloody lucky against West Brom. We're exposed against Leeds, and if it weren't for a sending off from the one attack we had in the ninety minutes, we'd got beat off them as well. Yeah. So I don't know how he's picked up four points from that from them three games, but he's managed to do so. Yeah. Very fortunate. You, you know as well, don't you? And he's a slight, a slight thing. You got Sheffield United coming up in the not too distant future, and they're rooted to the bottom. You know when we, uh, Derby went down with that record low points total. Yep. <laughs> and they ended up uh, turning us over. You can just see that happening, can't you? Again, the only team that Sheffield United will win this season is against Newcastle because that is just the absolute. They're coming from a mile yeah. off. Honestly, I'm yeah, constantly reminded it. about that Derby team because they picked up four points against Newcastle that season. They drew yeah. two seats in James's and they beat one nil at uh, at uh, Derby, and it was it was embarrassing. I'm constantly reminded about it now uh, by by my mates and stuff like, "Oh, you're that team. You are that team that got beat off Derby, aren't you?" And they're like, "Yeah, that that very team." And it but, can happen uh, again. It can happen yeah. again. And, 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 like, so we, we may stay up. We, we may stay up. We may get the points. But that'll be because of Bruce's um, brand of jammy look, like what we got yesterday. But at some point, somebody has to wake up and get what is a very talented group of players. And it's 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 the best squad we've had in, in, in a, a decent while. Playing some, yeah, yeah. playing some football. 
playing some football, going for it, back in the place. I'm sick and tired of hearing Steve Bruce talking down our chances, talking down our fans, talking down our players, talking down our expectations, talking down our chances in uh, competitions, saying that you know we don't even compete and we've just literally got to pull our pants down when we come to play the likes of City, uh, Liverpools and stuff uh, of, of this world. No, sure. you don't. Give a go. The bonus games, don't get me wrong, against the so-called bigger, bigger sides. But stop it being such a defeatist bastard all of the time. I don't want to see that from my team. I want to see them having a go. Always try to be the best that you can. Or what's, what's the point? But yesterday exactly. was absolutely fucking painful. It was I like mean, being b- bummed by a fucking zebra. What did you think of the what did you think of the starting eleven? So obviously it was four four two again. Dummett played, which was strange. Obviously we said um, Jamal Lewis probably should have been dropped. Uh, Yedlin coming in was a very was a bit surprising, if I'm honest, considering he hasn't been fancied. Um, Jacob Murphy's been playing in his position, even though he's in the wrong position. But well, um, very confusing. Sean Longstaff kept his place, which although I did back him before the game, I was really really shocked and surprised by that, given how poor he was against Leeds. Um, obviously Joel Linton and Wilson play, which means probably to me, and we'll talk about Brentford in a bit. But um, Gale and Gale and uh, Carroll will probably be the leading two against Brentford, which is in a in a quarter final situation very concerning, to be honest. But yeah. let's talk about this first half, Paul, because well, all, uh, to, be, to be honest, mate, you know, on, on the team there, just touch it before we get into the match itself. The team when I saw four four two, I was like, right, yeah, great, a tick. We go- hopefully that means we might, we might be going for it. But I was literally blown away by it because DeAndre Yedlin, he's re- repeatedly said that he wanted to get rid of him umpteen times. And then you're including him in when you've got Emil Kraft, who's fit enough for the bench, who who sat there. I was blown away. Paul Dummett, who's come from nowhere, he hasn't played, was it since something like Leicester or something like that in January? Second sort of 2020. It's it's asking a a hell of a lot for somebody who won't be match fit, who will be match rusty. In a game which was huge, I said beforehand, we needed to take out of these runner games against the the promoted sides, at least six points, if not seven, yeah. um, and we haven't we haven't hit that total. So I'm looking at it. I f- I felt the strongest. I was like, you've got to protect the younger lads, but even if he wants to play, protect them from himself. Where the hell is Maddie? So there was question marks all over all over the pitch. But you know, I I was worrying about Wilson playing all the time. Um, but there was just so many question marks be- before, and I'm like Bruce. With the team you put out, I was like, I hope you don't live to regret it because it just doesn't make things at all easier. And you, you're looking at players on the bench like Sir Ryan Fraser, and you're like, they, oh, yeah. And I'm like, you're scratching your head a little bit. But I went into it thinking, look, he's playing four four two. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of Dwight Gill, given the impact that he can he's had off the bench recently. And I thought, go after them. And and just start, please start positively in this match, and don't let them start to dictate the play. Because every single game of this season, it's just like we get bossed all over possession and everything. About yeah. start brightly, start positively, get Joe Linton a couple of nice touches earlier on, and let's get into some sort of pattern, please. Because I haven't seen that in 
what feels like a, an absolute fucking eternity, mate. But and mate, you still haven't because that first no. half, I swear to God, was the worst first half of the season for Newcastle. We were absolutely abysmal. Oh, uh, Fulham could have, yeah, Fulham could have had two or three, uh, quite easily four. He took a uh, shot after. Was it about ten seconds? About ten seconds in, they had a shot. They had a shot. I was like, uh, "Oh, um, you absolute fuckers!" Um, I, I was just like, D "Just keep it tight, get the ball off him." But they were like straight away trying to exploit our problems or perceived problems down at the fullback, and then so, obviously you knew they were going to go after Yedlin straight away defensively. So, it was it was it was so easy for it was like amateur and FIFA for them, Paul. It was. Shocking. Um from from get from from minute one, there was no urgency about Newcastle at all. The amount of times Fulham, Fulham were just playing it around in our half as if it's nothing. Um no pressure, no urgency, no willingness to get the ball from any of the players. Um Miggy, they weren't asked. None of them. Name me a player who was asked in that first half yesterday because I was cursing like a blue nun. I really was. I was just sitting there screaming at the team, come on! I was like, I was I was sure Mitrovic was going to notch. I thought, you I can guarantee well. this. And um, Bruce, was, Bruce was talking about him before the match, saying, oh, I would like the same, I, would, I, I wouldn't have sold him. Like, what would he have done for Newcastle? Stand like a telegraph pole up front and win, try and win a header or two, while for the, the midfielder felt 40 yards behind him. Joke, man. Um, but... This first half, Paul, honestly, even when we're in one half, we weren't pressing the ball at any point. And it's it's the same shit every formation. It doesn't matter if it's a 5-3-2, 5-4-1, 4-4-2, 1 We sit off, sit off, sit off all the time. Formation goes out the window, mate, if you haven't got desire. It, it, there's no there's no desire to win the ball. I think Bruce just tells them all oh, we'll sit off. And all these teams are push win, press win. We don't have an answer for any of them. Fulham are high pressing team. We're lucky you get a point. West Brom are high pressing, lucky you get a point. No, lucky you get a three point, sorry. And then you look at the likes of Brighton who hammered with Southampton the hammered. We've got Man City and Liverpool to come. Do you know what they're gonna do to a Paul? Because we'll just sit off them and sit off them. And and the worst thing is it's it. It, you, you can sit off as long as you man mock, but that's not even happening. The amount of times the, 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 the midfielders just peel off Shelby or peel off Sean and pick up a little pocket of space and they've got the defenders to hit at. I'm sure they had a chance where they were looking at a penalty. It was just 1-2, one, 1-2, two, one, two, and they were through in on goal. And then Eddie got a penalty. I, I, remember, I remember messaging you as I was watching the match and it was just like, like I stopped what I was saying. I was like, tackle, tackle. One, two, three. And it was like, literally, it went past about five of our players and ended up in a shot. And I was literally, literally going like hypersonic at, at screaming at this fucking TV. I was like, what are you doing? You set of absolute raggy bastards. And, and it's, it, it's so perplexing. It really, really is. You see the team before, before every game when you're at St. James's Park and you're watching the warm-ups and they sit there and they practice religious, religiously Passes and crosses being knocked in and taking chances. Shoot on target, shoot on target, shoot on target all the time. Yet when we start, we can't even do the basics of getting hold of the ball and retaining some uh, possession. Um, we, we can't we can't do any any of the basics. Just retain it, pass it about, knock it about, create a few chances. Anything like that, we cannot do. And it just looks, 
it, it is it's just so maddening. And, and as the game went on, it, it actually got even worse. Thirty, what well, was about thirty percent possession in, in in the first thirty-three percent possession in the first half away to Fulham, who before with the greatest of respect, who conceded that they had one of the worst defenses in the league. They conceded like thirty-three in the last fifteen games. I've seen that from Andrew Musgrove. I think it was thirty-three goals have conceded in fifteen games, and we're sitting off them, Paul. We're not trying to force mistakes. You've got people on Twitter saying, "Oh, that 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 lad in midfield for Fulham would be good." Uh, Loftus Cheek would be good. Like we're 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 admiring Fulham players. Like and uh, no disrespect to Fulham, no, none at all. Good good club, whatever. But uh, come on, like new we shouldn't be saying we need a Fulham player. We we shouldn't need a Fulham player. We we sent we cast off Mitrovic, one of our rejects, to Fulham. It's not the other way around. Yeah, you're quite right. We shouldn't be sitting there. And looking at every one of their players and looking envious at them. I mean, I was shit myself before the game thinking about looking up against um, Yedlin. And yeah. I'm sitting there looking at their players and thinking, oh, God, I'd, ki- I'd, I'd, I'd kill for uh, them, you know, their central midfield. That's better than ours. When we've been in the Premier League for longer than what they have and they've got a better setup and better players, and it's just so frustrating. And there was just problems all over the park. The defence looked really, really tired and stretched. Yedlin can't be up to full confidence. I know he's he's good going forward and he's got an engine and he was clearly willing and trying to put himself in the shop window. The protection in front of them was absolutely diabolical. Um, you know, I was sending pictures of telegraph poles to everybody and I'm like, John Joe Shelby and, and telegraph pole, tell me the difference between the fucking two because I'm just not seeing it. Uh, Sean had one or two tackles here and there. You could yeah, see a bit of fight. Something he needs to have. If you're not playing well, yeah. so that's what you need to do. Hoy the a bit of pride. A, a bit, bit of pride. Of, bit of, yeah. That was the one thing in the in the first half, Paul, where it was like, come on, let's go. Crunching tackle, um, wasn't and, it? And, and it was a 50-50 challenge where he won the ball mm. and it was like flipping, let's go, a bit of fight, a bit of jolly fight. That's what we need. And he did that a couple of times, Sean. And um I think he was just trying to get get back into the swing of things after that terrible performance against Leeds. He had to. But... He had to. Just for, just for just for pride in the shirt. And and to be honest, he'd he'll probably know himself that he's letting himself down. So a bit of uh, a bit of self pride. Uh, and you know he'll he'll have felt a little bit wounded, but every time we were tackling and scraping around for the ball mate and it was ricocheting, it was falling to another Fulham player. The positions, the sense we were being overrun left, right, and centre, and you give time and space to some of their players, Kearney and the likes. Um, he had loads of chances. Literally, just at, at will, at will. Just they look like the home team again. We look like the away side all the time. We make them look everything we play. We make them look like Barcelona, um, and we just create no chances at all. Barring one, one shot off Miggy, we were absolutely fucking. Awful that entire first half. It was disgusting. Yeah. I was raging, raging at the fucking screen. I think the first goal came from a corner and it's headed across and it hits off Richie's face and goes into the goal. It just sums up Steve Bruce. Like if someone's if to say my uh, future son one day, oh, what was a Steve Bruce reign like, Dad? I'd show him that. I'd show him the Richie header and off his face because I 
pretty much epitomizes what it's all about under Bruce Shite. You've got one of the most professional players in Richie, someone I won't critique much because of the hard work and the dedication that the lad has. But even even he's a he's a comic at this point. Um with that with with defending like I just hit in his face and going into the goal. But Fulham deserved it, Paul. If it wasn't mm. through, they, they did. I mean, that goal, it wasn't gonna go in if he hadn't got the touch on, it wouldn't have gone in. But it was what they deserved, mate. And I said to you on a message, I was like, this is this is what they deserve. They deserve to lead. Most yeah, definitely. They did. No question about it. If Tom Kearney could shoot, it would have been two or three, mate. Because to oh. Tom Kearney in that first half had a number of chances where it fell to him and it was it was hitting off the side of his boot and it was going miles wide and all this. If that was a Kevin De Bruyne half, that was a if that was like a Vinalda Salah or something yeah. like that, which is going to be reality in the next couple of days. Tear us an asshole. I mean, you look at what Liverpool did to Crystal Palace, mate, and we play them in ten days' time from the the, the recording of this podcast. I'm shitting myself, Paul. I mean, I'm shitting myself when we play Fulham, West Brom, and Leeds. And we're going to be yeah. playing Liverpool in ten days in Man City, like, like the, these podcasts at the minute are, are really negative and the and the hammering the manager and stuff. But it's not going to get any better, Paul. Do you know what I mean? And I hate being it's negative. Only going to get worse. up and being and, and feeling shit about it, about the team and and the way things are going. But it it cannot be helped. I'm having to think of memories and stuff and, and, and players of past glory to ha have a little bit of positivity about things because present tense Newcastle United is shit and depressing to support all round. We've got a manager who's so out of touch with modern day football and he's so out of touch with the fan base and what that's... And reality. Yeah, yeah out of touch with reality. reality. Not there. And he's saying, oh, I, I miss the supporters and it's weird them not being here. You want to be fortunate they're not. Because can you imagine? Be, imagine at half time, it half would have been literally a cauldron of one. shit. Honestly, mate, it, it like this. This manager hasn't got a clue. And the worst thing is, the claim he's one of us. He's not one of us. He doesn't understand. If, like I said before, mate, if he had any self-respect, he would walk out of Newcastle United. It's just he's as bad as Kinnear, mate. He's as bad mate. as Joe Kinnear. That puts it. That that should be. The apps, and that's probably going to be the name of the, this podcast. As bad as joking, yeah, because he is—he's a different idiot. Like I said, different idiot out of his day, a dinosaur of this generation, and he's been outdone by Scott Parker, who's got exactly the same achievements that Steve Bruce has got. Yeah, yet he's been doing it five minutes, and that should tell you everything that you need to know. You know, if you want to win something, employ your winner. If you're quite happy just to do things on the cheap, then put a muppet in like Bruce, you know. But we will get found out eventually, Paul. Like you say, the yeah, ice. Of course, Man City and Liverpool will find us out. All right, I've no doubt about right. it. As it currently stands, I think we're seven points from the drop, right? And I know Robbie Savage has been for them twisting people's arms and saying, "Oh, um, he's a six points off Champions League." Let's see where where we after the Leicester game, after after the Leicester game on the third of January, whenever we play them, right? Let's see where we are on the league because if we if if Burnley and Fulham and all these teams don't pick up any points, then it'll still be seven points. Fair enough. But at the end of them three games, it will not be six points from a Champions League spot, Paul, because Man City will sort what out. Liverpool will put with the sword and Leicester will absolutely play off the park. I'll um, tell you something. Another match is coming up shortly. Arsenal. Arteta right now is desperate to play Newcastle. 
desperate. Yeah. He'd play all, he'd play us every week. Because even they are going to turn up over. As shite as yeah. Arsenal are, they'd be champions if they played us every week. Because yeah. Steve would speak, oh, it's Arsenal. Ooh, and it's all... And he panic. Five across the back. What? You know exactly what's oh. going to be coming. Be ten across the back, mate. For uh, the midfielders play tucking in at centre half, and the and the and the strikers playing as. Uh, and we're still going to get destroyed. <laughs> and we're still going to come out because we're still open. It's the structure of the team. It's the lack of urgency to win the ball. I mean, he plays counter-attacking football. One of the fundamentals of counter-attacking football is forcing an error from the from the other team in your own half, and we don't pressure teams to do that. So what's the point? Is it just wait till they give with the ball and then we'll unleash the attack? Huh? And we'll get to... And, and the other issue, mate, the other fucking huge issue is where the hell is our most influential player when it comes to getting a counter-attack going? Where the fucking hell is he at? Because he's pictured all around Newcastle. So you can't be suffering with the after effects of COVID, right? Which I've heard suggested. So where the fuck is ASM? He hasn't been what? mentioned either. Yeah, he hasn't. And, and, and the journalists, I mean, I, I, I tweeted several journalists. I've messaged several journalists. Not one of them has got the set of balls to ask this question on the record and ask what the hell is going on to put the rumours of this Lascelles and ASM revolt to him. You know, yeah. is it because they're scared because they might lose the access to the club and they might rock the boat and this, that and the other? I, I don't know. But this is where it really pisses me off that the people who do have access, and it's a limited number of people who have access to the club, are the biggest bunch of fence-sitters, are the uh, biggest uh, bunch of apologists and excuse-makers for, for this regime. Ask the difficult questions. He's paid to answer them. Where the hell is Alan St. Maximum? Because there's no doubt a Newcastle with him in, look at the statistics, are better than not. You got nine substitutes yesterday, no, AS, no ASM. But you're finding the place for players who are out of form. You're finding room for players who have probably got no future at the club. Are you telling yeah. me that an ASM on the bench, come on after, when they go down to 10 men, the subs board goes straight up. It's Alan St. Maximum coming on, a substitution for Newcastle. Well, it, he would changes have been the it changes in the all, complex. They are shitting in, themselves. At that in, all them, in the last three games against them newly promoted teams, Paul, Maximum would have had a field day against two of them at least. Leeds yeah. might have had, had an answer for them, but the other two wouldn't have. Do you know what I mean? And like, we don't, If he has got COVID, then fair enough. I know they can't disclose that, but if he's been seen about in cars and something, Paul, then it, it, you know something need a common ground needs to be made between club and supporters. They could say he's injured, mate. And it's a similar, look, he's injured. We're not specifying the reason, he's, but he's injured and unavailable. Fine. That's one thing. But just not, it literally, somebody asked him about the uh, the team and making the team better. And he says, well, we've got Fraser and we've got Miggy. We've got Callum Wilson and Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll. And he spouts off all these attacking players. He misses ASM out. And it was, I was straight under it. I was like, why are you missing out ASM? One from last season. It is. It's, it's embarrassing, mate. But you mentioned the journey. Can't journalist. deal with player uh, players, mate. It's the same with Ben Arthur at all. He's fucking exactly. useless. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know talent. But the, you mentioned the journalists there before, and I'm so disgusted with them. Like you've got, you've got your pro Bruce journalists, like you look Edwards and stuff. And I know he's like, oh well, he's he's immediately on the attack as soon attack as soon as Newcastle gets something. I haven't seen him in recent games though. But um, I'm sure I will soon if we'll get pick up three points against someone or anybody. But um, 
and like uh, you look at these journalists mate and lee Ryder, like he's saying the right things on his posts on facebook and he's saying the right things on his podcasts and like the difference between us and in him is that he's got the power to ask these questions to steve bruce i wish they put me or you in a press in a press meeting with these in with this manager yeah, because they know what to ask to ask him the hard questions. I mean, they put the statistics to him a couple of weeks ago, and he said, oh, I'm not interested in statistics. And that was that. If you're a journalist, you'd be, why aren't you interested in statistics? Aren't you, as a manager, meant to know what is going on with this club? If you don't care about the statistics, what's going on? Like, and he said, oh, I don't pay much attention to stats. Oh, I don't pay much attention to tactics. It's like, you're a football manager. You're meant to. You're meant to. And, and, and like, he's, mental, mate. He's fucking it, it, mental. It, He's 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 lost several brain cells. It's 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 bewildering. And he's saying on football focus about oh we will not win the Premier League. No shit, Sherlock. We can't even beat where we can't even be Fulham at home. And you're on about winning. And you're on about saying we can't win the Man, league. He, 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 we can't win the league. He can't even fasten his own fucking shoelaces. I bet the bastard will have slip-ons. Nah, he, he's literally so mentally inept, and he comes out with stupid statements like that. But then, like you said, the likes of Lee Ryder, and he's not the only one because there's umpteen others. No, no, no. Nobody will ask the questions that need to be asked about the squad, about the performances, about every, anything. And if you get a shit answer back, it needs to be drilled further. Nobody even at the club further up cares that the club is in such a mess. When was the last time we heard from Lee Charnley? And everything's just an information black hole. It's a void. There's fuck all there. And it's a bit like what's uh, between Steve Bruce's brain, funnily enough, that because there's fuck all there as well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to excuses and, and, and the shit that literally comes out out of his mouth. What he keeps saying in every press press conference, I'm not a one for excuses, but like do you know what I mean? It's like it's pathetic. Like you keep rap, saying rap, it, rap, rap, another thing he keeps saying as well as oh, I'm a manager 20 years. Uh I honestly don't. It, I think it's a miracle of modern football, Paul, that he's still a manager after 20 years. You look at managers past 10, 15 years, the dinosaur managers that don't have like the capability at the top level. They fell down the leagues. Like, look, at, look at Phil Brown, who was out of out of Ijaz at Hull. Look at the likes of Brian Laws, who was at... Tony um, Pulis. Um, Tony Pulis fell down the leagues. John Gregory. Even Pardew did. He's felt yeah. he's doing. He's at a. He's at a. Um, Bulgaria now. He's in Bulgaria or some shit. Do you know what I mean? These managers fall off, and Steve Bruce is still here. And the worst thing is, he was starting to fall off. He failed at Villa. He had a solid half a season at Sheffield Wednesday, and just in Lee Charlie went. All right, we'll take you. You're the cheap option. Ralph Benitez has just gone. We know exactly what we need, and we need Steve Bruce, and he's the only one in Newcastle that thought that. By the way, but. I, I just thought, mate, at, at the time when he was brought in, that any they knew whoever was going to be brought in after Rafa was going to get the shit. So I thought they'd bring in somebody as a stopgap measure that last a few months, then they'd be sacked, and then all of the shit that goes, goes you know, before before the Rafa thing, then they're going to can get somebody in who's slightly better than Steve Bruce, but who won't cause as much trouble as Rafa, and it deflects it, and all the bad negative attention and comments and fan anger goes on that filler manager in the middle. Unfortunately, yeah. we're two seasons after, and it's still the same thing, and I'm sick of the same excuses, the same shit. He blames everybody else but himself. He talks down the players all the time. 
He says what, what we can't do all the time rather than what we can do. So we can't win the Premier League. We can't compete with, 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 the, uh, with the, the big boys and, and, and all of this. He tells the players, the players can't keep possession. They can't play attacking football. They can't cross. They can't score goals. I mean, how are you supposed to be inspired listening to all the things that you can't do? You know, if, if, if your wife or girlfriend told you everything that was wrong with you or you couldn't do, or all of your failures and stuff like that. And then we're talking about positive mental health. We're talking about positive attitudes, positive ethos in life, and about supporting each other and, you know, being a game changer. Steve Bruce, is the, it's the biggest hypocrite going because he puts down the players, you know? It's, 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 it's a joke. Yeah, you're right, mate. I mean... It's just it's just bewildering because you're like you you're trying to get behind the team and you just it's coming to the point where we're playing teams that are on our level or below and we don't even fancy with chances because this manager limits what we can do saying we can't do this we can't do that and like I I, I still don't understand this that it's getting less and less but you still see a couple of tweets of um people back in. Back in Bruce over Rafa saying, Oh, he's got what, two quarter finals, and oh, he's got more points than Rafa did in his final season, and all this shit. And it's like, give your head a shake. If you think Steve Bruce is a better manager than Rafa Benitez and he's better for Newcastle United, stop watching football, take up golf, take up cricket, watch something else because you're clearly in it when it comes to comes yeah. to football. And like, I'm not a one to shoot, shoot people's opinions down, but I will on this occasion, like Paul. It's like it's completely invalid. Like Ralph Benitez has won every trophy going. He was successful at Newcastle. If we had Steve Bruce the year we got relegated, we'd still be in the championship now. Hell would be in League One now, be where exactly where Fit and Sunderland are. Do you know what I mean? If exactly, we had Bruce, exactly. and it's like it, it, it's so it pisses off so much and it comes to somewhere we get one attack all game against Fitton Fulham at home. They were shit. And it's like You've got these journalists saying we expect Champions League. We just expect a football team that isn't completely and utterly shit and isn't completely managed by an utter arsehole and isn't owned by an utter prick who doesn't have any any thought of us or any thought of where we could be or where we could go. Just happy with sitting 17, 16, 15. The club should be shitting itself, right? Because when fans are allowed back into the stadium, and let's hope it's sooner rather than later and we fight this fucking COVID shit off as well. But when fans are allowed back in the stadium, all those fans who have lapsed and have not been in for a year, potentially, when, when it comes back, maybe longer, you've got a, a, a big job to do to win those lads and lasses back to go into the stadium, to break the routines that they've set up over the, over the last year. And, and doing everything that you're doing, the, the football, the, the attitude, the lack of communication, the arrogance... All of the negative stuff that they've done isn't helping helping the case. It is criminal, yeah. mate, that we played that game against 10 men for half an hour and how many shots did we have at target? Did we take advantage of it? Did yeah. we look like we were going to break them down at, at any one particular time? No. We need a dodgy decision to go our way, a la um, you know, Spurs, that sort of thing, yeah. going for us, a soft uh, penalty, a soft red card, we need something to go our way because we're not capable of helping ourselves. And when the player went off, I was like, right, this has got to be the moment. Make the substitutions, get Dwight Gale on, maybe bring on Fraser um, or you know, or Murphy or somebody a bit of pace, stretch the game, 
get us going. I was even like, oh, leave Joel in. Go three up top. Really go for it because it can be a huge game. We could have gone 10th unbelievably yeah. with a win yesterday and took another step towards safety. And again, that's what it's all about at the moment, sadly. But we didn't. It looked like a training game and still the balls were dropping to Fulham players. Still, we had no urgency. You look at Steve Bruce and he looks like he's chomping on a word as original. He looks like he hasn't got a... Literally, there's tumbleweed going around his brain. It just gets to the point, you know, like I said before with, with Joe Kinnear, when you look at when you were looking at him before and you were just like, put him out of his misery. He's just out of his depth. He means well and he might be a nice bloke. We've said all this before. It's not personal. It might be a nice blow, but you're out of your depth and you're coming up against other players, other managers, and, and they are fighting and they are trying different things and oh, that isn't working, so I'm going to switch the system. I'm going to switch the personnel around. Ah, not with Steve Bruce. Not with no. Steve Bruce. Um, and, and, and they were... they, The least they deserved out of the match yesterday, mate, was a point. The least. And, and let's be honest, if they'd have won... You couldn't have had much, much qualms about it. What one chance, mate? And it came to a, it, it, it was a penalty, and the bloke got sent off. It was the one time we would counter attack from own box, and it worked because uh, Fulham overcommitted. And Miggy plays uh, Wilson through. Wilson draws the foul, gets the penalty. The uh, Anderson, I think it is, goes off, and like. Uh, and uh, honestly, I was laughing at this point. I was laughing at the telly, like. How jammy can this bloke get, Paul? Like, seriously, man. How lucky, because we dominated all game. We never had a look in. No urgency, no nothing. Yet, it breaks. We get one chance in a penalty and down to 10 men. You think, you lucky bastard. Yeah, but mm. you're going to get it. You're going to get You're going to lucky again. And we're going to get attacked by all these pundits for calling them great. And he just shit house his way to a penalty. And my God, the one positive that I have for this podcast, Callum. Wilson, honestly, if it weren't for yeah, this, we'd, for be, we'd be cut adrift. We'd be where Sheffield United are now if it weren't for Colin Wilson. Um, cool as you like, gets one, two shots, two chances, maybe a game if he's lucky, converts the penalty, no problem, 1 1. And I thought, you know what it is, a down to 10 men, as shit as we've been, that changes everything. We'll get the goal, and how do we react? We don't do anything, Paul. We don't show any. Yeah. In fact, Fulham still look the more likely to score. Uh, in the last, they had the chances. They had they the chances, mate. They could have had a penalty. Um, that it would have been soft, but they could have had a penalty in the last kick of the game with uh, Kieran Clark handballing it off yeah, his hand. But Fulham looked the most likely to score. We didn't have a single chance. I mean, um, John Joe went from passing the ball backwards for most of the game to finally starting to pick a ball forwards as soon as they went down to ten men. But he's a one-trick uh, pony again, mate. One, yeah. All he does, literally, with, with the top of his foot, left, top of his foot, right. And that was it. And and he, he was really pissing me off yesterday. And I don't like attacking our own players and stuff like that. I don't. But I've got to call it as I see it. And, you know, when he's walking around, it looked at, I said the, the other half when I was watching the match, and she was like, how long has this game gone on for? I was like, tell me about it. I said, it looks as if John Joe Shelby's uh, smoked 40 fags before his game on the pitch. <laughs> he was out of breath. He was hands on his legs. And I'm like, these are elite footballers. Well, and, yeah. you know, he, you know what I mean? And, and I, you're sitting there and it's like, where's the performance? At? Where, where's the experience? Where's one of the most well-paid members of the squad taking the game by the scruff of its neck? 
dragging it around. Where's people talking and saying, that's not good enough. I want better. I want more. Uh, demanding more of yourself. Shelby was so static. It was unbelievable. And, and again, people are saying, oh, it was a better performance by John Joe and stuff like that. I'm sorry. It, it, it still wasn't anywhere near good enough for us. And I still thought that a majority of the problems mate, we've got at the moment stem from the centre midfield part of the park um, okay. and the fact that we don't get hold of the ball enough. Because the thing is, we're, we're a team who parks the bus yet still concedes. We're a team that sits back yet can't, they can't spring forward fast. The, the alarm bells should be signalling off all over the place. There's so many things wrong. And then Steve Bruce comes out, we'll have a quiet January. Um, really? And you can see what will happen. I mean, uh, we'll, get a, we'll get a bed in. We'll get a bed in. And like, it was a game yesterday that I had to put a Matty Longstaff in all day long. Somebody with just a bit of energy. Honestly. Yeah, he, he isn't even making the bench. And you look at how poor we've been in midfield. Nine subs. Sean Nine was, subs. Sean against Leeds. Shelby's been flipping shit most of the season. Hendrick, Hendrick, I don't know where you play Hendrick. Is he better on the right? Is he better in the middle? Who knows? He's shit regardless. Hayden is the only consistent midfielder, but he doesn't have a dance partner in the middle. And it's like we need, we're crying for a midfielder, yet Steve Bruce is thinking we'll get um, get with Bentaleb back. And Bentaleb's flipping shitter than the rest of them that I've just mentioned. Like, what does Matty Longstaff have to do again this team? Because it, at least if, if we sign somebody from outside the club, it might take a couple of games before the Bruce. But if you bring in Bentaleb, he's already been bruised. So <laughs> you pretty much already know what sort of performance you're going to get out of him. But he's oh, very man. much, much of of a, of a muchness. And, and 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 to me, the greatest thing, there's just no urgency. There's no hunger. There's no, no desire. Um, and and uh, there's there's nothing where you can say, oh, they've worked on that on training. I've seen a response from the last game. There's none. Yeah. It's just rinse and repeat all there's of the no time. Response. But I thought, I personally, some people have thought Shelby, uh, Shelby was good yesterday. I thought he was horrendous. Um, Joe Linton, I can't really judge because at the end of the day, if you give him so little service, what's he supposed to do? There's you know what I mean? He's... Uh... He's, he's one of the strikers, or one of the. He becomes basically a defensive midfielder, or how deep he is on the field. He, yeah. he wins the ball in space, isn't as well here and there. And he's proved to be more effective as a second striker. But what, there's no pressure on the ball. There's no nothing. There's no. There's there's no anything. It's there's no just balls coming up to him. Oh, there's no. There's no. Where's where's the crosses made? I mean, like you say, I, I remember going up to watch them play in Scotland. Back, not obviously the, the previous preseason, and I remember them doing the drills and firing balls in all the time, and it was really a focus on creating chances, getting crosses into the box and stuff like that. But it's just as soon as we do it, we, we, we can't take that what what they're warming up on into real game action, and we're just incapable of making short passes. We're incapable of opening uh, teams up. We're incapable of making crosses, getting panic in their defence. There was none of that. They looked comfortable. There wasn't a time that I thought, we've got these on the ropes, you know, at, no, at any time. Back, and you're just sitting there, and, I, and all the game, I was just praying, please, can we have a penalty? Can we have a, a corner that goes in? Can we get a free kick and take a deflection of somebody's ass? Out, 
that is the level that we're, we're being reduced to. I'm not expecting Champions League. I just want to see a fucking goal. I just want to see a little bit of hope. Wow. A hope, yeah, and a plan. that I, I used to get, the last time I had hope was with uh, Rafa because, yes, you know, we're working under a turgid ownership structure, but you knew he was meticulous. And, yes, the football wasn't very great. I'm not saying it was, but we were certainly creating more chances and there was every chance of us getting a result out of games. I never went in so sure that we were going to cock it up or not get the result. And I'm shitting myself here now thinking towards uh, Tuesday, which is a huge opportunity for our football club. But you just know it's going to fuck it up and Ivan Tony's going to score. Yeah, pretty much, mate. And that last half an hour when they went down to 10, I mean, third bottom of the league with 10 men, best opportunity to start attacking. You kind of sit there and say, oh, we'd be naive going forward and on. And like, we didn't even threaten them, mate. Like I said before, Fulham looked the more likely and Fulham deserved three points yesterday. We had one chance and we got their player sent off and a penalty through it. Shite, uh, Steve Bruce for me has, has made this fan base very toxic again. It's the most toxic it's been since, hmm, um, I'd say when Portugal was losing when he lost eight on the bounce in Newcastle mm. he was blaming the fans and he was blaming the papers and he was blaming everything under the sun he blamed everything but himself and that's that's the last time yeah, it was at the end of the day when Rafa came in Rafa came in and he unified the, the, the fans and the club he brought the two sides together and, and yeah we were all still against Mike Ashley but he brought the football club to the point where the fans were connected and it was like look we don't care about Ashley we just care about the football club that's what yeah. he did. He healed a lot of wounds. Tell you what uh, the likes of uh, Steve Bruce has done. He's just ripped that healing wound up to open up the flesh again. He's literally undone the good work that was done before. And it's those sort of things uh, and, and the attention to detail and, and the fact that Rafa cared about the fan base and he put the fans first and he tried to fix the problems at the club. And then you look at Bruce and he couldn't give a fuck. He couldn't give a flying fuck. And that's one of the huge differences. I mean, even the video he did for the for the, uh, for the the fans' uh, movie that's been released, it just touches of class. Look away yeah. from his glittering CV for a second, where he's won everything that there is to, really, in, in world football. Look at what he's done on a, on a human level and what he continues to do. And how he connects with, with folk, like he did, he did with the Liverpool fans, he did with the Newcastle fans. <laughs> and Steve Bruce just does the opposite. Well, Steve Bruce is he, he's oblivious. He's a, he's a tip. But going into these last three league games of the uh, like these next three league games, Paul, I'm, I'm shitting myself because Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, all tough games. But Brentford on to next. Obviously, we'll wrap up the the air uh, the match. The, the, the match should have gone yesterday, but yeah, just a shower of shit, mate, completely. And we've went through and we've talked about what's frustrated when what and, and everything like that. But going into this um quarter final, it's the biggest game of Bruce's Newcastle career to date. Obviously yeah. the Man City one was pretty big, a lot riding on that. And we turned up against Man City and we just let them and we just rolled over and yeah. have a there, there, there's there's no there's no trophy or no European qualification or anything like that, mate, for getting to the quarterfinals. It means or, nothing. It's irrelevant. Or 78th, mate, or finishing yep. above Southampton, but Steve exactly. Bruce, I think otherwise. 
But it, um, it's, it's all about winning and getting through to the final and winning a bastard trophy. That's what it's about. And that's what I'd be saying to the players. If I was in that dressing room, I don't give a shit. I don't want to hear your excuses come full time. At the end of these 90 minutes, I want to be in the next round of this cup competition because of what it means to these fans. And that's yeah. all, I'd, all I'd be caring about. Um, and I'd be like, make sure you come off that pitch given your absolutely everything. Because I don't think, mate, against Fulham, that a lot of players can hold their heads up and say, I give everything I, I had got for the shirt. And that's down, down to the manager not extracting that. So I'd be like, you make sure, and I will make sure as I'm stood on the side of that pitch, that every ball that comes towards you, you're winning your personal duels. The defence is doing their bit, the midfield's doing their bit, and the attack's doing their bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's you huge. Look, it is massive for this football it, club, this game. game. It's massive. Like, obviously, we don't see many quarterfinals. We've seen two under Bruce. It's a mir- it's miraculous again. Bruce mm-hmm. shit house and his way to two quarterfinals yeah. in a row, but we've made another quarterfinal. Through, through, e- through easy routes, it must be said. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we still made it, so he deserves credit for that, I suppose. Mm. But I'm dreading it, mate, against Brentford because they're a high pressing side, and what can't Newcastle deal with? High pressing sides. So I hope we're not on here Thursday and saying the same stuff, mate, because it is going to be really hard to take. We're losing losing the quarter final. It's literally the. It literally, it's a line for Newcastle to make a semi-final against. Like, like we're against the side in the championship, yet they're the bookies' favourites to go through. It's unbelievable, man, mate. Like, it's unbelievable of, and it's unacceptable. It really it is. is. We should be favourites, mate. With no, again, no disrespect to Brentford, but they're not exactly a football and superpower. But we will make them look like Barcelona. There's no doubt about it. But. Um, the, the Muppet that's in charge, mate. That, that's 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 my my worry. We should have enough in our locker to be able to beat Brentford, but it's all down to approach. Tactics do actually matter, and statistics and fine details also matter, mate. I don't know what type of team he's going to go with. I mean, he rested Jamal Lewis, he rested Dwight Gale, Will Wilson played two games in a week again. Will Joe, for me, he's got to go full strength, Paul. I don't care. It's a quarter final, man. You can't cook. He won't. You've he got won't. to play your full strength team. I don't care who. Who is uh, who he upsets if Andy Carroll can't get any game time? Play him against Man City, play him against Liverpool. We're, we're going to get hammered off them anyway with the way Steve Bruce sets up his teams and with the mentality and stuff. But this game against Brentford, right? We haven't been in the semi final since the since Millennium Stadium 2004, I think yep. it was. Uh, we haven't been to one since then, so it's a big opportunity for Newcastle. Don't, don't cock it up. Because at the end of the day, if we get beat off Brentford, I think it'll be so toxic on social media. You'll have to be, you have to be kicked out the door, because it is toxic it, as it could be on Tuesday, and then you've just got be a relegation battle. And then That's you've got it. three Premier League out. games after it. You know, it's not, it's not good, mate. No, and we've got Arsenal in the FA Cup, which again, you can take the piss all you want um, at their current predicament and stuff like that but they are favourites against us there's no doubt about it in my mind they are favourites against us uh, because of the man that's uh, running the show for Newcastle at the end of the day sadly um, but it is huge it is massive um, it is. you know it, it, if to be fair if we could have beaten Fulham and then beat Brentford the, the positivity and the boost that that could have given us could have been massive going into Christmas being like alright well let's see what we can do but yeah. if we get beat off Brentford, mate, going into 
Christmas, which is very difficult for Newcastle. Uh, it's just going to be so negative, mate. And I hate being negative, but it's all we can do at the minute. It is. It's it's only it thing it's going to be. It's going to be a strange I team. I, I still yeah. don't think it's going to be uh, a full strength one, mate. If I'm being brutally honest, um, I don't think Wilson will play. I think he'll be on the bench. I think Dwight Gale. Yeah, I think Dwight Gale will will play. Uh, we may play with just one up top. Yeah. Gale and Wilson, Fraser on the left, Miggy on the right, or Maximin if he's available, which you put I, I think, think Murphy might play. Uh, Matty uh, needs to play alongside Hayden, then play Clark and Fernandez if they're available, because I know Freddie went off at half time because of, uh, of fatigue and stuff. So I hope he's okay. If not, Hayden slot in at centre back and play either one of <sighs> Shelby or here Hendrick in the in the middle, but yeah, you would assume Hendrick would come in after being after being rested for for for, the, for this game, and and then at fullback you've got like Crafton. So, but the the big call could be between the sticks, mate, because Martin Dubravka is back and he is the club's number one. So you would think potentially he would come in for some uh, match sharpness. Um, so Dubravka may well may well come in, but um, there's going to be huge changes, and it's just gotten because. For me and you, um, and no doubt many listen to, to this, it's all about winning trophies. It's it's all about moments. It's not just about staying yeah. up. If if we lose, mate, that's our season potentially over. All oh, we've got yeah. to fight for is just Premier League survival, and we've got to cross our fingers and hope and pray we get a takeover. And I'm sick of having to sit there and go, I hope that we can get this. I hope that we can get through this next run of games without being absolutely obliterated and stuff. Um because with Steve Bruce, I, I have no hope. I really, yeah, really don't have any hope or faith that we can do much. He has. He's took, he's took the hope out over. Um, but I hope... <laughs> there you go. It, it's Bruce looking <laughs> off when we're saying hope this, hope that. But I hope Thursday, when we sit down to record the, the next uh, podcast and stuff, that we can have a bit of positivity. Because regardless of the performance, mate, even if we're shit, if we manage to get through... Regardless, it'll be a positive podcast because we'll be in a semi-final and it's like, you know, so if he's going to do anything right, get to this semi-final because honestly, like, it'll give us something to look forward to. Obviously, Christmas is going to be shit. The start of January is going to be shit with an Arsenal twice. Give us something to look forward to, Bruce. Give give for that it little does. bit something. In a one-legged this time, remember, there's no two-legged semi-final this year in the League Cup so if we can get through it's a one-off game a one-off game a, yeah, a, a chance a chance an opportunity at, at, at history so it is huge I can't under I can't understate oh sorry overstate like how big this 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 game is it's a huge you know? game and it's, it's Brentford before Christmas as well. A semi-final before Christmas. Fantastic. Like, of all the bullshit and that and everything that we've said in the last podcast with negativity and that, if he gets us to a semi-final, Paul, they'll be they'll get behind him for the semi-final, they will. And they'll back yep. him. And and, and and they'll be like, let's get into this final, let's go. Because if there's one thing Geordie's crave more than anything else, it's a it's a trophy, mate. It is, it's a trophy. So Honestly, if we're going to end the podcast in any form, it's just please, please turn up against yeah. Brentford in the semi-final. No you've got to make it. You've got to make it. Make it your, if you're going to do anything at Newcastle, make your mark on Newcastle. This is the flipping chance that you've been waiting for. 
don't do it against Man City, roll over and die, fight for the semi-final and give these fans something to actually be, be happy about because this year, 2020 for Newcastle, takeovers and all this bullshit, it's been horrendous for Newcastle. Bit so, of pride in the shirt, mate. Bit of pride. You could start of... 2021 yeah. semi-final and hopefully uh, more good news on the takeover front with the arbitration and stuff. But yeah, give give us something to go into next year. Give us a reason to support you. If not, walk. Because at the end of the day, mate, it's, it, other than the cup run, which has been miraculous, you know, it's been pretty bad. So give us a reason. Give us a reason to get behind you. That's all I'll say. That's why I'll end the podcast on saying, Paul, give us yeah, a well reason said, mate. Um, semi-final but um, obviously uh, Thursday we'll be recording the podcast again because honestly if, uh, I think if we recorded podcasts straight after games now I think we'll be a mess Paul honestly I think we'll go viral for being half half and like dead <laughs> after games so it's it, like, it, it, it is it is it's so annoying mate it makes you so angry and so pissed off uh, I've said before I, I could go out and drop kick grannies I'm, it's that pissing me off watching Newcastle play uh, and then the missus is like, well, I've seen more action on this Strictly Come Dancing final than I have watching all of this Newcastle yeah, it's game. Embarrassing. And it is, it's embarrassing. It's its pathetic. I'm getting ribbed by Barnsley supporters. <laughs> it's that bad down here. I've had a few Sheffield Wednesday supporters pipe up as well. I can't have this, man. I know. Yeah. I said, you can't, you can't take the piss out of us because at the end of the day, you give us them. You know what I mean? Thanks very much. We've already suffered enough by taking them off your hands and paying you for it, you cheeky <laughs> bunch of bastards. But um, no, it, 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 it's please, if I could speak to Steve Bruce directly, I'd just say, just give us this one. Give us a little bit of something. Stop those wounds that have that have uh, been healed by Rafa. Stop ripping them open. Stop causing more problems than, than you're solving. Just do something positive for the fan base. Take some pressure off yourselves. Get a semi-final um, spot, and then then we, then we then we take it from there. But please, a little bit of positivity. Just a little something bit. off this football club, please. Honestly, I've got my hands together now. Christmas wish. Just a little bit, something for Christmas, please. Let we go into the semi-final, please. But um, obviously, Thursday we'll re- we'll record the the podcast, and it'll be out around around tea time, maybe even evening on on the Thursday and stuff like that. And then obviously, the, over the Christmas, it'll be a little bit wild western, but we'll still we'll still get po- podcasts out for you and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I got my abacus. I've asked Santa Claus for an abacus for um, for Christmas, just so I can keep up with the goals that are going in, lads. I take- <laughs> A takeover and um, a oh, semi-final yeah. would be quite nice, but um, yeah, it would one do. podcast to go to go till Christmas. Cheers, to everyone, for supporting me and everything like that. And um, it's always it's always appreciative that you stick with work. And even though these ne- these podcasts are negative and stuff with the uh, the current management, the current state of the club and stuff, we appreciate you sticking with it. And it's as, sure as in the bio of the thing. It's a roller coaster supporting this team, and it's always a joy having you with us. But uh, we'll love you and leave you. Have a good couple of days, and we'll see you on Thursday for the uh, review of the semi final. Uh, no, not the semi final. Like, no, get, get a bit too ahead of yourself. The quarter final. But uh, yeah, catch you uh, in a bit, everyone. See you later. Keep it-